Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I'm your host, Kirby Hossman. Joining me today, a brand new rock star. I always love brand new rock stars. He's a creative producer at Sage Event Management. Blue Melnick, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Kirby. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things you guys do is in-person events. And, you know, I have long, you know, obviously during the pandemic, we all became fans of in uh, or virtual events, excuse me. And, you know, we... We couldn't do the in-person, but now the in-person is back. I'm, I'm a big fan of getting back to it. But I've seen that you've said that virtual events continue to outperform in-person events in every measurable way that matters. So can you talk about that? I'm super curious. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of our clients um, host events to um, enroll people in whatever the next step is, right? A high ticket offer of some sort of coaching program, a mastermind, something along those lines. And what's happening with virtual events is because there's no barrier to entry for the attendee. And I don't mean ticket price. I mean, there's no flight to get on. There's yeah. no hotel to stay on. There's no Uber. There's no bad room service, things like that. <laughs> you get more, you tend to get more attendees to a virtual event than you do to a virtual, uh, to an in-person event. Hmm. And what we've found um, through how we host our events is that people stay the entire time. They stay hmm. for long form events and it's kind of counterintuitive because we we've we're used to this uh, TikTok lifestyle, right? Where it's just you swipe. It's like a if, if the video's not fifteen seconds or shorter, you're like that's ah, just too much, right? Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, um, and I think it's you know because of how we treat our our virtual events, our clients generally stay for a much longer time frame. So we treat our our virtual events like in person events from a duration perspective. So um, that's one measurable way we get more attendees. Yeah. Because we get more attendees, we generally tend to get more revenue. That's another measurable way. Um, but then if I flip to the, the hosts side of things, a lot of hosts, they host a, an, an event, not just a virtual event or an in-person event, but they host an event to try and have a bigger impact, try and have more reach than, than they do otherwise. And because you can get more attendees to a virtual event, you have a bigger impact. You have more reach as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So that's one measurable way for the host. But then we talked about revenue. We didn't touch on profit. Mm -hmm. From a profitability perspective, virtual is just so much more cost-effective than, than in person. There's no, there's no team travel. There's no food and beverage minimum. There's no AV costs. Like it's just so much easier. Um, we've been calling it the democratization of live events hmm. because pre-pandemic live events really did have a barrier to entry. Yeah. And you know, you had to sign a pretty decent sized hotel contract that usually scared the heck out of a lot of people. Yeah. But um, now that we're doing it virtual and you don't have that anymore. Uh, but you still have the reach, you still have the revenue, you still have the profitability. I've yet to find a way uh, where where in-person events are outperforming virtual events, even with the in-person event industry being back. Mm. I, that's super. That's a really interesting perspective. So I, I love that. So you've said that there's like one thing that even after the pandemic, even after two and a half, three years, this mm -hmm. pandemic, most virtual events still get something completely wrong. What is that? Yeah. 
The biggest thing that most people get wrong when it comes to virtual events is they treat them like a virtual event. They treat them kind of like a webinar or a live mm. stream as this one-way broadcast. Okay. And virtual events, events in general are about community, right? They're about people getting together, about getting to know each other, about connecting with the host. And they're not just about content. Mm. Um, they're, it's more than that. And if you treat a virtual event like more like a webinar or a live stream, then you miss that entirely. Yeah. It becomes a one-way broadcast. Okay. So if you treat your event like, treat your virtual event like an in-person event and have all the same elements, right? Still have, you know, we have exercises where we put attendees into small groups together and have them work together. We, we do Q&A sessions that are, you know, kind of the same thing that you would get at a live event. We've actually done virtual receptions and, you know, they can work really, really well. You have to put a little bit of thought into it, into how to take this thing that you love in person and how it translates virtually. But if you put in the effort to do that, that's when you get the stick rate, right? Those people who stay the entire time yeah. and people who stay with you then convert into whatever your next step is, your next thing. And, and that's that's where the magic of virtual happens. And the people who are rushing back to in-person but did some virtual over the pandemic didn't figure that out. Mm. You know, because it's so they funny. Did, they wouldn't be rushing back. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Um, one of my favorite, um, there's an organization in the industry I work, uh, they're Common Skew, and they did amazing in-person events, but they were like a leader in our area in uh, virtual events during this time. And one of the things that they implemented almost immediately that I was like, oh, I'll hate that. And it was a this like timed uh, networking thing where you'd end up mm -hmm. talking to one-on-one -on -one people in the community and you'd network it for like Speed three dating. minutes. It was, it was literally, but I thought I was going to hate that. It was super fun. I, I like mm -hmm. I, and it was very much like a live event, but only, you know, in a live event, if you get stuck with a boring conversation and you can't get away from it in, in this, in three minutes, they, the, the, the call was cut off and you could move on with your life. And so I, I think that that goes to your point of, it was more like a live event and, and man, I, I loved it. It was really, really fun. So that's really cool. Yeah, we've we found a lot of people come away from virtual events that are done right, having met more people yeah. than they would if they go to an in-person event. Because I, I don't know about you, but I'm 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 a wee bit of an introvert. Yeah. And yeah. when I get into a, a a big live event, you know, I'll I'll gravitate to some people I know. I yep. may, you know, may all of a sudden start talking with somebody else. But over even if I'm at an event that's like five thousand people, I'll meet it, maybe ten. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll, or at least have meaningful conversations with no more than that. Yeah. And what we're finding is if you, you do the sorts of things that you're taught, what you just described, or you do breakout sessions, or you do these things that allow your attendees to connect, they wind up walking away from a virtual event, having met more people, having had more meaningful conversations than they do in person. And that's where the people come away from these virtual events and say to you, this was the best event I've ever been to. Hmm. Not this is the best virtual event, just this was the best event I've ever been to. Wow. And that's the that's the thing that you're really aiming for. That's super cool. So I've heard you talk about this. That you How can a virtual event lead you down the path of a purpose-driven payday? I, like anybody mm -hmm. who wants to build a purpose-driven business, this is interesting. So how, how, did, how does that work? Yeah, so you know, we one of the things that we do here at Sage is we help our clients um, 
deliver great events and great experiences that deliver on a promise, right, that you're going to learn this thing. But also we teach them how to make an offer for a high ticket item, a mastermind, a coaching program. Generally speaking, most of our clients are making an offer for something that's in the, you know, $10,000 and up range for a year long program. But oftentimes I call it continuing education for entrepreneurs, right? Except it's cheaper than college. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. But, um, you know, so what winds up happening I mean, usually when people have these high ticket offers, there's only two ways to sell them, right? You either have to get on the phone and have one-on-one conversations, or maybe you have a sales team doing that. But for those of us who have small businesses and we don't want to deal with sales teams, it's just us. Yeah. Or you can host a live event, have it structured properly so that the event and the event structure puts your content into a container where the structure does the selling for you. And essentially what you can do is, you know, sell while serving for three days so that the rest of the year, the other 352 days of the year, you can just serve your audience. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see as a purpose-driven payday, right? The ability to serve at a high level. And when you make the offer, you don't feel icky, salesy, or sleazy. But what is happening through the course of your event, people are starting to say to themselves, I want more, right? This is interesting. This has been great. But, you know, this event is only three days. I want to take this and I want to implement this in my life, in my business. How do I do that? oh, funny you should ask, I have something right here that would allow you to do that. So as a result of having this basically sales as service model where you serve your audience first, sell them second, you wind up um, with what we call a purpose-driven payday because um, the serving is really what your purpose is for business, right? It's why most of us got into business um, outside of the fact that many of us are unemployable. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's the second time I've heard that today. I love that. That's cool. Um, okay. Final question for you. So, you know, we've talked about these virtual events and how they can have an impact. If someone wants to start their own virtual event so that they can market themselves or have that purpose-driven payday, where do they start? What are, what are their first steps? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, the this is going to sound simplistic, but the first thing you got to do is you have to put a date on the calendar, oh, right? That. You got to say, this is when I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I, I w- don't make it like two weeks from now. Don't make it three weeks from now. Give yourself a little bit of time. I like to say, if it's your first event, make it two months or more, right? Two to three months from now is the perfect window to say, all right, Now, what am I going to teach at my live event? What's the hook? What's the structure? And now you start inviting your audience to come learn more from you through this deeply immersive experience. And that two to three months gives you a good window. But if you don't ever put the date on the calendar, you're never going to get anywhere. Or it just becomes this pie in the sky thing like, yeah, I'll, you know, do this thing someday, somehow, maybe I'll host an event. But if you throw, you know, you throw a, a date on the calendar and then start talking about it, Mm -hmm. it starts to become real. And when it's real, you'll actually take action. You'll, you'll, before you know it, you'll have an attendee or two who signs up. And the other thing I would say is, you know, don't wait until you have an audience that can support a thousand people. That's great. There's nothing wrong with having an, (laughs) actually, that's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with putting a thousand people in, in a virtual event, but we have clients who do virtual events for 10 people who do virtual events for 20 people and, you know, sell five of them into a high ticket offer at $50,000 or $5,000 or $10,000, whatever the number is, you can generate a purpose-driven payday with a small audience 
and have it be hugely effective for you. Um, you know, so that's, that's what I would say. The first thing you got to do is put a date on the calendar and then just start talking about it and it becomes real. That's super cool, Blue. I appreciate that. Now you have uh, an event coming up pretty soon. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, geez, I'd like more. Um, (laughs) so, uh, we have an event called the virtual event on virtual events. Um, it's the second week of May. And uh, you can head on over to sagehub.com and find out all the details. Um, it's 97 bucks. It's three days. Um, of course, at the end of it, we'll probably invite you into something more. But you don't have to do the something more. You can come for three days, get immersed in, in, a, in a real virtual event, something that is, I think, probably the, the best way to produce a virtual event, see how it's done. It's kind of a meta experience. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, if you decide you want to learn more, we invite you to continue with us but uh, the event itself is awesome we've had a ton of people come through it and we'd love to have your audience there that's awesome so sagehub.com is where they can find more information blue thank you so much for joining doing this i really appreciate it we'll have to do it again sometime okay awesome thank you so much kirby we'll talk to you soon all right well that's going to wrap up this edition of delivering marketing joy we'll see you next time Delivery.